a Radio 191 FM podcast. Mr Speaker. All right, it is that time of the morning on a Monday morning. It's 8.30. That means it's time for uh, politics with John Moore. Morena to you, John. Kia How are we today, my friend? I'm pretty good, yeah. Oh, marvellous. Yeah, see, see the sun coming out, so oh, oh. good sign. Yeah, I think it's going to be a nice day. Yeah, it's supposed to be a nice afternoon, but then the rain returns. But that's all right. You live high enough. You would have been covered in low clouds the last couple of days. Yeah, it's been miserable, really, oh, isn't it? I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of reminded me of Central Otago, to be honest. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. Yes, you're a Cromwell boy, of course. Well, yes, by way of Otipoti, uh, Dunedin, of course, but yes, yes, Crompton for life, mate, the big 445, big fruit gang. Keep it locked. Uh, all right, um, Trump and the politics of race. Donald Trump has uh, launched some unprecedented attacks uh, on four Democratic uh, Democrat congresswomen. Uh, all a woman of of color, uh, all minority woman uh, in the United States. Three of them born in the states. One, uh, a an immigrant that moved over when she was four years old. Um, but were th- were these race based attacks, or were they attacks on the far left? Uh, I, th- I think a combination of both. It, it, it's no um, coincidence that all four women are not just women of colour, but also uh, lean politically to the left. And actually, um, three of them, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, are also um, all members or supporters of the Democrat Socialists of America, uh, which um, uh, is a political platform uh, that has many tendencies, but who generally um, uh, encourages uh, people to vote for left-wing candidates of the Democrats. Uh, so that, that's all significant. And we're, we've got to remember that while Trump has been doubling on down on issues of race and immigration, he also, as of late, has been targeting uh, the very concept of socialism. So saying that uh, um, socialism represents a, a real threat uh, to to America at the moment, and with um, uh, yeah, with at least three of those uh, four congressmen, um, uh, three of them do identify as socialists, as democratic socialists. Um, you know, is it time for socialism to change its name? <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's yeah, good. I guess it's been uh, an argument for a long time now. Going back to the New Left, actually, at the time uh, in the sixties, with a um, with a, a new left of of young youth-orientated um, radicals uh, took the West by storm, so to say, and, and there, were, there were lots of arguments about uh, whether terms such as socialism, socialism and communism should be used anymore because of their connotations in terms of um, the, the, those Stalinist, very authoritarian Stalinist states such as the USSR and Mao's China. Um, but, um, saying that, it's uh, possibly... Um, for the first time in America's history, at least, you have uh, a majority of youth who are surveyed will say that they prefer whatever they see as socialism. They prefer socialism over capitalism. And that's quite astounding, really, in a country where um, for decades upon decades, the, the concept of socialism has been seen as, as an absolute evil. Yes. Um, so things, there does seem a more 
more openness to sort of radical left-wing ideas and, of course, um, to radical right-wing ideas as well. Yeah, um, I would have thought there would be some in Trump's supporters' camps that would also be all for socialism because they, you know, obviously none of them really know too much about politics and they all think the Nazi Party was a socialist party because they had socialism in the title. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting when you look at um, the white working class voters that, that Trump was able to gain, especially in, in the Rust Belt. And remember, the Rust Belt states had been um, controlled by the Democrats, um, and states that had voted for um, Obama flipped out, flipped flipped by Trump and, and he gained those states um, and one of the way, ways he gained those states yes, the politics of race def- and immigration definitely played a part but also he projected the Republicans as, uh, as the true party for the working class um, whatever that means and, and he also did um, uh, campaign on economic issues about bringing jobs and industry back to America and also even indicated that he was prepared prepared to um, spend billions upon billions on infrastructure, almost a, a Roosevelt-type New Deal uh, policy. So uh, with Roosevelt, President Roosevelt back in the 30s during the Depression who um, um, use the state to invest massively in the, to the, in the economy to counter the depression at that time. Trump certainly hasn't carried out a, 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 a New Deal-type policy, but he has, yeah, he has, he has appealed to those voters who you would think would be more inclined towards uh, a more left-wing sort of economic program. Yeah, I mean, but it seems to, well, when it comes to that, um, I guess, in a way, if you go to the union movement, which would be that way too. Like, I mean, the unions have a pretty bad rap in the states in certain in certain sectors. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, uh, unions at one stage used to be incredibly strong in, in major political parties in America, um, and, and and they um, they still uh, certainly uh, play a prominent part in some parts of the American economy um, and, and public sector unions have really come to the rise but there's also uh, been uh, huge levels of corruption as well mm. as organised crime within the union movement and generally the union movement uh, just um, uh, will automatically um, support the Democrats uh, regardless of who the candidate is and I guess that's probably um, cause some alienation from um, working people against the unions, because they just see the unions uh, again and again just uh, uh, supporting the Democrats, whatever they do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, to go back to what we opened with, what what has been said on both sides? I mean, why is he attacking these four women? Um, and what has he been saying? And what have they countered it back with? Yeah, so he, he's accused them of being anti-American, um, uh, he's even used the term hate-filled extremists. Um, he, he said that they they wanted to tear America down. Um, so uh, he's certainly not centering in on the economic platform. So all those candidates, to a lesser or greater degree, uh, present um, a left-wing economic platform, such as um, um, a completely uh, state-controlled public health system, um, um, single payers. 
system. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, uh, advocates for a, a radical economic program to, to deal with both uh, economic decline as well as the, the environmental crisis. So it's interesting that Trump, rather than uh, attacking them for their economic platform, where I think he's more on shaky ground, uh, and he would just sort of possibly highlight uh, what could be seen as positive aspects of their politics to to uh, working people. Um, he centred on the issue of race, ethnicity, and nationalism. So race, in terms of of all these women being women of colour, who um, um, three of them were born in America. Ilhan Omar is the only one who wasn't born in America. But Trump has sort of played this xenophobic card with that line that they should all go back to their own countries uh, type situation, which he would never say to a white politician. No. Uh, so clearly that is racist and xenophobic. Uh, and, and that's what he's wanting um, to to fixate on and what he wants people to focus on is the, is the race and ethnicity of these candidates and the concept that they they are actually haters of, of America. Yeah, and, and, you know, will this be... Will they be lining this up now? Not only because they have become quite prominent since the um, the last election, the election for the Congress and, and, and um, mm. the House, but, you know, the, the 2020 is next year. It's not too far away. A lot of their policies are ones that people like uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, and Bernie Sanders will be standing on. Those mm, platforms. Absolutely, yeah. So is this a way to discredit those eventually as well? Um, you know, if you turn enough Americans against the, uh, these four brilliant women, um, will you be able to say, and, and look, uh, Sanders is, is, stands for the same thing as, as these four haters of the American American freedom? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Um, um, possibly Trump's, uh, or I would argue Trump's weak point is his economic policies. Yes, uh, um, unemployment's at its lowest level in decades in America, but we're talking about um, jobs that are still very low paid uh, and, and people are be- still barely getting by. Um, and his reforms of the health sector uh, are certainly not addressing um, the the whole problem with America's free market um, private insurance health system so I think rather yeah you're right rather than argue on economic grounds uh, with with his uh, likely opponent whether it's Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders he's centering on these issues of um, nationalism race and ethnicity and and, and yes I think uh, that could be a winning formula that he taints say, um, if Elizabeth Warren is a Democratic candidate for president, or Bernie Sanders, he taints them with the same brush of uh, these four women of colour, that they're, they're actually um, haters of America, and they want to tear the country down, and that uh, they're soft on uh, um, anti-American regimes such as Iran, etc. Yes, yes, and of course, um, also Al-Qaeda. Yes, and, and, and he did this um, in the last election when he made the absurd comment that uh, um, uh, Obama uh, and Hillary Clinton had actually founded ISIS, mm, mm. which was just uh, absolutely absurd. Um, and uh, But if it gives him a few votes, um, and, and seeing the race for the president... Um, because of the nature of the whole system, you know, in certain states, um, every vote does count, you know, it can make a real difference. 
Yeah, and this is going to be quite um, tumultuous for the Democratic Party as well and the Democratic National Congress. Um, these four don't exactly get along with Nancy Pelosi so no, well. No, no. Um, and so, I mean, you, you could see another situation where the National Democratic Congress will be pushing uh, their own candidate and might be even doing their own sneaky backroom bullshit like they did at the last election. Um, just so um, these four and uh, their supporters like Sanders and, and the like um, don't win that seat because they think that Trump will have a better chance of, of winning. Plus, they don't, you know. They want to yeah, keep so there's, there's a the war control. going on within the Democrat Party itself uh, between moderates and, and more left-leaning, um, even um, radical candidates um, and members of the Democrat Party. Uh, and uh, some people would argue that um, the Democrats need to put up a, a, a firm left-wing candidate against Trump. Uh, that's the way to win. Um, radical against radical, radical left against radical right in a sense. Others argue that um, the Democrats need to win that middle ground, uh, so they need to put up a more moderate candidate um, who, who will appeal to a wide base. Um, who knows what the winning formula is, uh, but it certainly didn't work last time with Hillary Clinton. Unless the Democrats address those concerns of um, of voters in, in economically deprived areas, especially of the Rust Belt, um, unless they address concerns for those voters, then the Democrats will lose again and Trump will win. Mm. Mm. He doesn't have to get a majority of the vote. That's the nature of the um, electoral system in America. It's not a, it, it's not a um, majority vote system where uh, it, it's based state on state, with each state having so many electoral college votes and um, it depends on the state, but a lot of the states, the winner takes all of those electoral college votes, and it's how many electoral college votes overall you get that determines who is the president, not the popular vote. So it's true that Hillary Clinton actually got more votes than um, Trump in the last presidential election, uh, but she didn't win the key state she needed to with large amounts of electoral college votes. And Trump did that by flipping those um, uh, industrial belt uh, states from uh, the Democrats to the Republicans. That's what won him the election. You know, are we going to see another Charlotte's fall out of this rhetoric? Well, yeah, I think um, it's interesting that Trump is doubling on down on these reactionary uh, populist issues. So whereas um, uh, populist politics politicians over the last few decades have tended to use radical rhetoric to, in a campaign, and we can look at New, New Zealand for example, with New Zealand First a, a populist right wing party and Winston Peters targeting Asians even targeting Muslims at some times, but when populists get into power they tend to moderate a lot, and again, example of Winston Peters, he, he, he tends to uh, go quiet on the issues of race and nationality once he's in power and becomes a, a, a good boy, so to say. But with Trump, he's actually doubled on down. He's become more extreme and, and, and more toxic during his presidency. And, and, it, and it is, um, I think it's highly concerning that he's using this quite alarmist, toxic um, rhetoric against um, such as these four congresswomen known as the squad, saying that they are they actually represent a real danger uh, to, to the American nation itself that they want to tear the nation down, that they're hate-filled extremists, um, that they, need, they should go back to the 
their own countries, and it wouldn't be surprising if um, uh, if certain Trump supporters at least see see violence as, as, as a, a justifiable political strategy against uh, hate-filled uh, socialist extremists in the Democrat Party and whatever. So, yeah, I think um, uh, although Trump hasn't actually called for violence uh, at the moment, although he did when, uh, during his electoral campaign, um, previous presidential election campaign, at times he uh, did advocate violence against, uh, say, hecklers um, at Trump rallies. So, I think we're in a ve- we're in quite frightening times where the president is actually whipping up quite sort of extreme feelings amongst a sector of the American electorate. And in all reality, I mean, this isn't about where they stand on politics. I don't think. I think it's all about him and his way of getting re-elected. I don't think he particularly cares too much. I- no, I mean, is Trump subjectively in his heart of hearts a, a xenophobe and a racist? Maybe, uh, if you go off his rhetoric and his language and his whole political uh, sort of um, mode of operation, then you would say, absolutely, he's a racist. Uh, but um, he's clearly also an opportunist. He's, he's flip-flopped over so many issues over the decades, from being uh, pro-choice, say, to being um, uh, now firmly anti-abortion. Um, uh, He's been consistent on the issue of trade. That's one, probably the only issue he's been consistent on over several decades is trade and the need for the American state to put up trade barriers, especially against China. But all the sort of racist, toxic language that he's used over recent years, um, that certainly wasn't the Donald Trump of the past. He was more known as a, a, a New York liberal, really. Mm, mm, mm. But he doesn't really care what happens to the people as long as he gets back in. Yeah, and I guess that's uh, his whole business strategy, and whether he's been a successful businessman or not, um, it's hard to say, uh, because we still, we've still never seen all the, the figures and tax returns, etc. But he's certainly been able to project himself as a successful businessman uh, by putting himself in the public arena, saying controversial things at times, getting himself on television. So he knows how to uh, present himself publicly uh, to, to get attention from the media and, and, and to say things and do things in a controversial way that, that um, makes them seem like a, a maverick uh, and someone to keep your eye on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what, I mean, what's going to come of, of, well, of this battle, I guess, and where, where are we going to sit in 2020? You know, does, does he have a chance? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously he has a chance. But, you know, have those voters that flipped because they wanted anyone but Hillary, uh, that or, you know, they just wanted to s- a change in terms of someone from the outside coming in, do you think that's going to be the same again? Or do you think he's lost too much ground and those voters that just flipped for the sake of flipping uh, won't do so uh, this time around? Yeah, I, I think I think voters. Yeah, I think it's a combination of those aspects that you point out. There were people who flipped uh, from the um, Democrats to Republicans, and we definitely saw that in the Rust Belt. And I still don't, except for the left wing of the Democrat Party. Um, uh, for example, Biden, who could be uh, the Democrat um, Joe Biden, who could be the uh, Democrat um, um, presidential candidate. Um, his general conservative 
well, very moderate, middle-of-the-road approach to economics and politics generally certainly won't address the concerns of uh, those white working-class voters and, and in the Rust Belt who, who, felt, who feel that the, the economic downturn in their um, states has really threatened their whole identity and their whole communities. Um, I think what, what's also... Um, the Democrats need to get out their, um, their black base. So the, the vast majority of black African-Americans who vote, vote for the Democrats. There was actually a slight, like a minute, but a slight swing in the black vote towards Trump, believe it or not, in the last election. Um, very small, but again, every vote does count. Um, but the problem with Hillary Clinton certainly was that she was loathed by uh, a lot of black voters that groups such as Black Life Matters, um, key members of Black Life Matters were able to say, well, Clinton uh, has a record of being actually anti-black, uh, that uh, under her husband's presidency, where she played a major role in that, um, in that regime, uh, uh, tough-on-crime laws were implemented that, that led to millions and millions of black men being in prison. Uh, and, and at the time, she had made quite hostile statements against the uh, um, um, supposed toxic youth in black communities. So all those comments were brought up, and, and the argument is that, that that led to a lot of vote, black voters just not turning up to their booths to vote. So they didn't vote for the Republicans. Now, Joe Biden has a problem as well. If he, and It's quite possible that he'll be the Democrat candidate for president, but he doesn't have a good record on race issues. Um, uh, for example, he's made um, statements in the past saying that he's prepared to work with anyone in the Republican Party, and he actually highlighted um, a couple of um, segregationist uh, Republicans uh, that uh, is that he was able to work with them, and this shows how sort of he's able to reach out. But that doesn't that doesn't appeal to black voters. That Joe Biden has um, been open about working with segregationists in the past, uh, and also he opposed busing. So that whole policy that came out of the civil rights movement, that as a way to desegregate schools, mm-hmm. uh, that you have forced busing, that that white kids have to go to black majority schools and black kids get bust into sort of rich um, uh, prosperous areas and the schools in those areas are the way to desegregate he, he, he strongly opposed that and that was on the basis of, um, of, of white voters who didn't want their kids forced to go to black schools with um, a black majority of students so I think uh, the real danger, yeah, that if Joe Biden's the candidate, that you again you'll see a uh, a record low turnout of black voters. Oh, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, I, th- I almost think the Democratic race is going to be more exciting than the presidential one. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think it's um, uh, the nice are going to come out. Uh, that the, the divide that is in the Democrat Party is going to become. Uh, more present in, in the public arena, and I think it's a good thing because th- then you're going to have uh, real political issues thrashed out. It's not just, and it's interesting those candidates of the left. Uh, so whether we look at uh, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders or Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, they don't tend to centre in on attacking Trump. 
they more uh, uh, talk about alternative economic and political policies and what they would like to implement. Uh, and that could be a winning uh, tactic rather than just bashing Trump all the time, which is very easy to do. Um, they're actually um, presenting some form of alternative. Uh, but would that alienate the more moderate um, Democrat voters? So that's the argument for Joe Biden, that he he has a wider base of support um, because he comes across as moderate and, and, and more flexible. Maybe they're just saving it up. Save up all the attacks for uh, for the presidential run. Quite possibly, but I, 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 I do think there's been a sort of consistent policy of... Um, of, of those candidates on the left, uh, Elizabeth Warren, um, etc., that um, they're wanting, especially as a way to, to say, beat Joe Biden, they're saying, well, we're actually, people are crying out for a radical alternative. Uh, in, in, in a sense, that's why Trump got elected. Yeah. Uh, people just don't want the same old, same old politics. So we, we and the Democrats need to do the same, uh, not just attack Trump. Um, uh, but actually present an alternative. It's time for the Democrats to uh, drain the swamp. Yeah, and and, and, and um, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if they if they if we do get a candidate of the left, uh, will they once uh, face to face with Trump, would they um, moderate? And, and, and tone down their sort of left-wing platform, or would they actually double on down in the way that Trump has doubled on down on issues of race and xenophobia and nationalism? Would these candidates of the left double on down in terms of their uh, promotion of, 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 of quite left-wing economic policy, say? Well, let's hope. Uh, all right, we we'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much, John Moore. That's OK. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, my friend. For sure. All right, see you, buddy. Have a good Monday. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.